copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Oh, how do you do that, God? By changing the way you think. You see that? He says transformation comes by changing the way you think. So when we see people with behaviors that are not becoming, it's a mindset. Come on, it's a mindset. I, I'll never forget when I took, uh, I used to, when I lived in New York, I mentored some young men that, um, that were from some really rough areas, South Jamaica, if you know New York, South Jamaica, Queens is a rough area, uh, projects and everything. And I took about five young men out, right? I don't know what possessed me to do this by myself. And they were all high school boys. And Dana, we went to the golf, the golf club, the golf uh, range, driving range. That was an adventure. Uh, you know, they thought they were playing baseball and not golf, but it's a whole nother conversation. And uh, exposed them to that. Then we went to Friendly's just to get some ice cream afterwards. And I'll never forget, we walk into Friendly's, and one of, the, one of the young men says, man, Mr. Jones, this is fancy. Friendlies. He said, friendly, this is, I have never been somewhere so fancy. Dead serious, right? Well, it was a mindset, right? Lack of exposure. It was a mindset. These young men had never been outside their little square couple of miles where they lived at in their neighborhood. They needed exposure, right? So we can't deal with behavior until we deal with mindsets. And God says the same thing with you. I can't help you with, with the same old mindsets, Right? I have to change your mindset before I can help you move forward. So he says, hey, God will transform you to a new person. I mean, look at this. He says, he says, this new way of thinking will not make you better. It'll make you new. Oh, come on. It won't make you better. It'll make you new. I just don't want to be better. I want to be brand new. That means that there's a part of you that you have never seen before that only the Word of God can reveal to you. Are y'all hearing me? I'm preaching better y'all saying amen. All right, new person by changing the way you think. Then, here it goes, then you will learn to know God's will. So the old mindset cannot comprehend the will of God. You hear that? The old mindset cannot comprehend the will of God. It's incomprehensible. It does not have the capacity or the ability to understand the things of God. He says, but hey, when you come in and let this word get into your heart and begin, because your old mindset, somebody, you know, somebody hits you, you want to punch them out. You know, that's the old mindset. Somebody cuts you off, you ready to put that middle finger up. Come on, y'all quiet. Come on, y'all quiet. Some of y'all still got that mindset, like I had that this week, right? He says, no, 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 that old mindset cannot comprehend that says love those who do you wrong. And that's, that's a big difference. That's a, that's a mind shift, right? He says, hey, then you will learn to know God's will for you, for you, for you, right? For you, which is here are the three things God's will is. Don't forget this. Write this down if you don't have it already. God's will is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Whew, man, God's will is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. Who would not want to be in the will of God? It's good for you, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. Right? But this can't come unless you have a mind shift. The point of a mind shift, Isaiah 1 and 19 says, if you are willing, 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 if you willingly obey, guess what's going to happen, Sister Chris? You will feast like kings. Ooh, that's good. He says, hey, God's not going to make you do the will of God. You have to be willing. Willing. Now, I love my wife, and my wife loves me. Amen, Ray? Okay, she, that, was a little, that, that was a little slow amen there. I had to get an amen out of her. Uh, uh, she, she loves me, I love her. But man, it's good. We're not forced to love each other. 
come on. She loves me willingly. I had to woo her, but she loves me <laughs> willingly. I love her willingly. Man, that's an awesome thing when you can love somebody of your own free will. And God says, hey, if you obey me of your own free will, I'm not going to make you obey me, right? Because you have your own individual ability to decide whether you will or you won't. He says, I'm going to make sure you feast like kings. That means he becomes responsible for those who are subject to his will. He becomes responsible for those who are subject to his will. So last week we looked at five things that God says about my mind. Remember that last week? Five things that God says about my mind. If you missed it, you can get it through the podcast, right? You can download it. This week I want to look at this real quick. I'm not going to be long for you today. Three enemies to the renewed mind. Three enemies to the renewed mind. Right? What are some things that, do, that, that are enemies to me being renewed, my mind being renewed? Let's look at three enemies to the renewed mind. Number one, this is important. Now, I, I want to start with this one. This is really critical. You ready? Unforgiveness. Oh, and a hush came over the crowd. <laughs> unforgiveness. Man, unforgiveness is the killer of a renewed mind. Unforgiveness is a killer. Look at this scripture in, in Isaiah 43 and 25. I, yes, I alone, this is what God says, I am he who blots away your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. God says, hey, I forgive you, right? But you have to learn to forgive people. I forgive you. I have chosen to say, hey, and here what God says. I have forgiven you, not because of you, but because of me, for my own sake, so that I can continue to do good for you. Now, that's a big deal. Imagine somebody not doing right by you, and you say, I'm going to forgive you because I have stuff for you that I want to give you, but I have to forgive you so I can continue to bless you. I have, to, I have to forgive you so I can continue to increase you. And before you can give some, forgive somebody else, here it is. You have to first forgive yourself. Oh. Many of us have not yet forgiven ourselves. So how can we forgive somebody else when we're still holding issues against ourselves? You blame yourself for what happened. You blame yourself for this. You blame yourself for that. Today, I want to release you and say, forgive yourself. You deserve to be forgiven. Come on, somebody. You deserve to be forgiven. Don't hold that against yourself. Don't beat yourself because the Bible says the enemy is an accuser of the brethren. Right? The enemy knows how to keep reminding you of what you did. Come on, I'm by myself. Maybe I'm the only one. He knows how to keep telling you. You know you messed up. You know you shouldn't have did that. You know that that's wrong. And he's like, you, you already know it was wrong. I already know that. I don't need nobody reminding me. <laughs> Of what was wrong, but you got to forgive yourself. You know, when you learn to forgive yourself, then you can forgive others because God forgave you. And watch it, when God forgives you, forgiving is not bring, keep it in your back pocket. <laughs> come on, come on, I'm almost there. You're not putting your back pocket so I can bring it up later. And be like, you know, come on, y'all, you remember when? <laughs> you, you ever had those conversations with people that had it with you? You're, they got dates and times and places, right? That's not forgiveness, right? My wife and I had that conversation when we first got the first five years, the bumpy years, they call it. And, you know, it was like we were great memories. We can remember nothing else, but we can remember what you did to me, right? He, listen, don't, he said, when I forgive you, I never think of them again. Wow. God said, when I forgive you, you here you are coming to me, 
apologizing and asking for forgiveness of something I've already forgiven you for. He says, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. When did that happen? That happened. What, you did that? When did you do that? God says, I never even think about them again. That's a big deal. Forgiveness is important. And many of us, we're stuck because we have unforgiveness. And here's what I'm telling you today is that nobody should have that much power in your life. Can I say it again? Come on, I'm almost done. No one should have that much power in your life. Well, pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Man, I can tell you some stories of things that have been done to me. I can tell you stories of things that have been done to people that I know. But, man, no one should have that much power in your life. Unforgiveness gives the power to the other person and takes it away from you. Bless those who despitefully use you. There's been time in Ray and I, we went out and brought gifts to people who did us wrong. Spent money. Why? Why? Not because we were trying to be a smarty pants, <laughs> but because what? We said, you know what? We, we got to bless them because blessing them helps me get over this. Oh, come on, somebody. And if you've never done it, you should try it. <laughs> it's, it's liberating to bless somebody who despitefully used you. It's freedom when you can do that. When you get home, I, I hope you're listening out too long, bless somebody. <laughs> Bless somebody who didn't do you right. Unforgiveness is critical. Look at this. I found this article this week in the Washington Post. Since you don't believe the Bible, maybe you believe the Post. Look at this. It says, uh, one-third of Americans say that they lie awake at least a few nights a week. You, all right. <laughs> you may <laughs> Pastor Rick. You may have tried a bedtime meditation or a technique such as the military method to help you fall asleep. But according to a study published last month in the journal Psychology and Health, there's another practice that you that could consider in, instead, and it's called forgiveness. That's the post. The Bible. <laughs> you know, you don't believe the Bible, believe the post. All right, here we go. Look at this. Look at this second part of this. this I'm about to say the scripture, the article. The results suggest, I highlighted this, people who are more forgiving were more likely to sleep better and for longer. Man, this is this week in the post. And in turn, have better physical health. They were also more satisfied with life. This was true of people who were more forgiving of others and people who were more forgiving of themselves. Although forgiving others had a stronger relationship with better sleep. Man, y'all are quiet in a hush. Look at you. That's the post. That must be true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's in the Washington Post. It has to be true. Who cares about the scriptures, right? That's the Washington Post this week, right? The importance of, I said, wow, here I am studying for this. Look it up. And here it is, an article in the post about how forgiveness makes you sleep better. Because you're not laying awake thinking about revenge. <laughs> Come on, how many people have been there? I'm going to get them back. You can't even sleep. You know, you're just, you're consumed with revenge. How am I going to get them back? You can't sleep. Nothing. He says, hey, it's unhealthy for you to do that. Forgive. Somebody say forgive. forgive. So today, when we pray at the end of the service, you're going to forgive. Because what? Unforgiveness is an enemy to a renewed mind. Somebody say Amen. Number two, wrong perspective, right? We're talking about the enemies to a renewed mind, wrong perspective, wrong perspective. 
So unforgiveness is number one. Number two is people that have a wrong perspective. Look at the scripture in Numbers 13 and 31, and it says this, but the men who had gone up with them said, and this is, you know the scripture when when, uh, Moses has sent them out to go spy the land. You know that scripture, right? Go spy out the land. Go take a look at the land. Go see what's going on. Hey, the number of men that went up with them said, "Uh, we can't attack those people. They are what? Stronger than we are. Perspective. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report. So he says, anything that is not of faith is a bad report. It's a bad report. He said, when you say, when God says you can and you say I can't, that's a bad report. When you get that, when God says you're healed and you say I'm sick, that's a bad report. When God says you're rich or you say I'm poor, I'm broke, that's a bad report. When God says that you should be full of peace and you say I'm stressed out, that's a bad report. Anything contrary to the word of God is a bad report. So this week, speak good reports. He says there's a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw, they are in great size. (laughs) And we saw the Nephilim, what are giants there, the descendants of Anak from the Nephilim. Those were were considered people who were abnormal size. He says we seem seem like grasshoppers, what, in our own eyes. Now, they didn't go up to them and say, do you think I'm a grasshopper? No, no, no. (laughs) In their own eyes, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. So the question I have for you today is, how do you see yourself? Man, y'all quiet today. I know it's raining outside, but it ain't raining inside. Come on. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Do you see yourself the way that you were brought up to be told that you should be? How do you see yourself? Right? They have saw themselves as grasshoppers in their own eyes. And we looked the same to them. How do they know that? <laughs> they didn't go up to the giants and say, how do we look? They assumed, right? Perspective. Perspective. Have you ever thought somebody didn't like you and you finally got to meet them and they, they, they didn't even have any issues with you? It was like, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, I, I, I thought you just didn't like me. I said, we never spoke. How did you assume I didn't like you? Right? You, you ever, am I the only one that ever had that? Or you thought somebody didn't like you and you were wrong after you met them? That was never the case. Sometimes it's just people's persona on their face that looks like they don't like anybody, but that's not the case. It <laughs> has nothing to do with you. And sometimes, you know, you, people got things in their mind. I heard people say, you walked by me and didn't even speak. I didn't even know you were there. I'm sorry. I'm thinking about doing a thousand different things. Nothing with you. Right? Perspective. What is your perspective of people? Last scripture. We're going to go to number three and we're done. Genesis 13, 14. Here it is. I love this. Talking about the enemies of a renewed mind. And Lot, you know the story of Abraham and Lot? You ever heard that story before? God told Abraham to go out. He took uh, his nephew Lot with him. God never told him to take Lot. You know, you got your posse. You got to roll with your peoples, right? Oh, you get rich. They got to get rich. You know, <laughs> MC Hammer went broke that way. Look at this. And Lot was gone. And the Lord said to Abram, Look, as far as you can see in every direction, watch this. Abraham could not see as long as he was with Lot. Sometimes it is, and I wrote this down, watch this. Your company can influence your perspective. Man, you guys, come on, come on, I'm almost there today. Your company can influence your perspective. You trying to go up, 
and they telling you it don't take all that. Yes, it does. You're trying to go back to school and get a better job and better yourself. They, they telling you it don't take all that. Why? Because what? Your company can't influence your perspective. You're trying to move into a better neighborhood. They want you to stay in the hood with them. Come on now. Your, your company influences your perspective. It wasn't until Lot left that Abraham was able to see. Look at what he said here. He says, look as far as you can see in the direction of verse 15 says, for, as long, for I am going to give it all to you and your descendants. Verse 16 says, and I am going to give you so many descendants that like dust, they can't be counted. Verse 18, and Abraham moved his tent, which means that he repositioned himself. Some of us cannot reposition ourselves until we change our company. God, come on, come on. God's waiting for you to move a position, reposition, but you're looking in the wrong direction because of, what? Your company is influencing your perspective. And you can't reposition yourself in life until you get rid of some folks. <sighs> right? And that's not easy. Right? There's some people that are just seasonal in your life. They're there for a particular season, but you got to know when that season's up, you're up. <laughs> right? You're up. It is what it is. And you got to keep on moving what God called you to do. Right? I'm trying to help you get rid of the enemies of a renewed mind. Your company can influence that. Abraham could not reposition himself in verse 18 until he did what he's supposed to do in verse 14. Lot prevented him from repositioning. So God said, hey, I want you to see this, see this, see this. But verse 18, he had to reap, he had to move in order to see. And Lot was in his way. So when you get home today, there may be some reposition. Somebody say reposition. reposition. Your company can influence your perspective. Last one. Are you getting something here today? Yes, We're almost there. We're almost there. Number three, the last one. The last one we're going to pray. The carnal mind. Right? So we have unforgiveness, number one. Your perspective, number two. And the last one is the carnal mind. Let's talk about what the carnal mind is. Yeah, that's, that's a whole three-week series, I know. I'm going to do a three-week series in four minutes. You ready? <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 7 through 8. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes, here it goes, is hostile to God. Right? And this is what, this is what Paul said. Paul wrote the book of Romans. And he says, hey... This mind, it was raining today. My mind wanted to stay in the bed. <laughs> you said, yup, too fast. You just got, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> her yup was her amen. Amen, amen. You know, everybody's quiet. Yup, yup, that's me, right? And, and don't worry, I'm the pastor that I felt like that. We got up and was like, man, I want to stay in the bed today. It's raining. I want to stay in the bed. I got a long day. And today, I, I, after I leave here, I'm traveling down uh, to VA to, to preach a service tonight. So I was like, I can really, you know, I got to preach tonight. Uh, I'm a little tired. I got to do all these things. But guess what? He says, hey, that fleshly mind is an enemy to God. Now, look at all those good preachers you would have missed today, Dana, if the rain stopped you. I'm so glad you came. Aren't y'all glad you came? Come on, Gail, you glad you came? Uh, I'm glad you came. Why? He says, why? Because, because, watch this, watch this. The, the, the carnal mind does not want the mind of God to get inside of you. Because if you get the mind of God, whoa, you are dangerous. You have solutions where people only see problems. You have peace where people don't have any peace. Come on. 
Come on, you, 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 you have drive where people have given up, right? When you get the mind of God, he says, hey, the fleshly mind is hostile to God, for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So then, those who are living in the life of the flesh, catering to his appetites and pulses of their carnal nature, cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to. Wow, that's a deep scripture. Right? Starve yourself from the things <laughs> that feed that carnal nature. Starve yourself. Start Saturday. I, that's why I text y'all on Saturdays. Don't forget Sundays. How many people get my text that I said, no, nah, I know you're like, huh? Don't forget Sundays. Why? Because I want to make sure, again, you have to live this life on purpose. You got to live this, it's like you got to eat well on purpose. I love ice cream. I love bread. I haven't eaten bread for two weeks. I'm having really a fit not eating bread for two weeks. I love my Wawa hoagies. <laughs> am, I, am I by myself only with Wawa hoagies? <laughs> right? I love bread. Ray makes cornbread. I just, God's in her cornbread, man. It just, <laughs> it just works. It, but guess what? I, I, I need to be healthier. So I've been laying off the breads. It takes work to live right. It takes work to live right because everything around you says, eat what you want. Come on. Instead of getting a large, I get a small now. My special coffees, you know, have uh, 1,300 calories. I got to get a small now. I'll take a small. It's hurting. (laughs) I went the other day, dated to the coffee shop. They said, you want whipped cream on that? I just stood there for two minutes. I stood there for two minutes trying to make the right decision. I said, sir, do you want whipped cream? I said, give me one minute. Let me just. I said, no whipped cream, please. Painful, right? But it takes work to do what's right. So the Bible says, hey, let me help you with this carnal mind. It's easy to say, don't do, don't do. But let me help you do this. Last scripture, Philippians 4 and 8. And now, brothers, as I close this letter and as I close my message, <laughs> let me say this one thing more. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Watch this. You fix your thoughts. God can't do that for you. You fix your thoughts. And it's easier to have better thoughts around the right people. That makes sense to you? When you put yourself in the right company, it's easier to have better thoughts versus being in the wrong company. That's why I talked about that your company can determine your perspective. It's so much easier to be positive around positive people. Just makes sense. Fix your thoughts on what is true, good, and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely. Think about flowers. I don't care what they're, but just think, <laughs> think about things that are pure and lovely. And dwell on the fine, good things, here it goes, in others. Ooh, that's a hard one right there. I was fine with defining good things, but when I saw in others, I was like, can we just put a period there, like right here, like this thinking of finding good things? He said, hey, in others. That's, that, that, that's no joke. Because when you want to think that they did that on purpose. No, no, think about that. They didn't see me. They cut me off. They probably just didn't see me, that's all. They, they, <laughs> they, 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 I heard you say this about me. Oh, they, it was a mistake. They couldn't, they just... If they did, they probably, maybe they're just going through something. He says, hey, dwell on the fi- dwell on it. Think about how good that, don't just, God, y'all, this scripture is good, man, come on. This, y'all, y'all, I, I know I'm hitting everybody in here, I know I am. Dwell means 
Don't just let it pass. I mean, contemplate how good and nice they are. Find the goodness in them. (laughs) You say, Pastor, that you don't understand. There's nothing good in this person. Find something good, right? Maybe they got a nice nose. Find something and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all that you can praise God for and be glad about. Man, that's good stuff. Take a picture of that scripture, please. If you don't do nothing else this week, do Philippians 4 and 8. You say, Pastor, I don't remember nothing you said. Remember Philippians 4 and 8. (laughs) All right? This is important. Fix your thoughts, right? Think about things that are good and lovely. Don't think about crazy things. So you may not be able to watch your favorite violent show this week (laughs) because it makes you want to beat people up, right? So think about things that are good in others. Find something good in somebody else. Rob, you can come up. Find something that you can say, you know what? This is a good quality. This is great. You know, uh, but they're good people. Or maybe they just have a lot of experience. They have a lot of experience. Maybe you have a manager at work you just want to slap. Pray for your managers. Y'all are laughing too loud right there. Pray for them. Pray that God's hand is on them. Right? And the more you pray, it gets where they get worse. But keep praying. Think of something that's good. Think about all that you can praise. This week I want you to think about, we can always think about and close your Bibles things that are, are a headache. But I want you to find something to be thankful for today. And when you get up tomorrow, find something to be thankful for. Can you at least find one thing a day to say, God, I thank you for that. That, that was good. You've you really been good. Come on. God, I, I have the activity in my limbs. Gosh, I'm blessed. There's days I wake up, I say, God, I just thank you that I can move my pinky. That's, I mean, just about, because people don't know everybody has a pinky. I thank you that I can do that. Right? Just a simple day. Oh, I can move my thumb or something. Find this week something to be thankful for. Don't let the enemy use your mouth to complain. Be thankful. I want you to put your Bibles down and stand to your feet. Watch this. We're talking about the power of a renewed mind. How many people believe that if you put these things in action, your mind's going to be renewed? Come on. I mean, these these are actionable steps. Actionable steps. That if you do this, don't just let this be a Sunday I came to church, I met my quota, but let me take what's being given and let me use it. If I use this, it's going to make me a better person. If I actually get the mind of God inside my mind, man, what an amazing thing. I actually live this life better. I'll be brand new. I'll be transformed, Romans 12 and 2. So Paul said, I want you to bow your heads. I want to say a quick prayer over you. And some of us, maybe we struggle with, with this, this whole thing of the mind because, you know, we've had some tough things in our past. Some of us are dealing with some tough things right now. There's some things that we're dealing with that's, man, it's rough. But I want you to know that there's nothing that's too rough that's outside of what God can do. And what I'm asking you here today is to give God a chance. Man, you tried it your way. You tried it people's way. And I'm asking you today to try it God's way. His will is good. It's perfect. It's pleasing. He's not here to hurt you. He wants to make you better. 
For the Bible says that he created you in his own image. Christianity, you can't be, well, says you got to be who you are on Sunday. Be that person on Monday. Be that person on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, not just Sunday. The world will change if we can be who we are in here, out there. What an amazing thing. So before I pray, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus. Man, I, I, I've been to church, but I've never opened up my heart and really let him in. Being saved and being a Christian, it's not about having a title. It's about saying, hey, God, I'm letting you in. Well, well somebody said, well, Pastor, you know, I, I got a lot of stuff going on, and I got to clean up this. He says, bring me everything you are. He said, that's why I died on the cross and rose again, so that I can take you as you are. That's true love. He says, I don't want the perfect you, because you can't do it. Only I can do that. Give me the broken you. <laughs> Give me the confused you. Give me the hurt you. Give me that. Because he's a pro at putting things back together. They're here, and you say, I'm not saved. I don't know Jesus. I just want you, I'm going to say this prayer. And the Bible says in Romans that if you confess out of your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, you shall be saved. That's it. You don't have to roll on the floor. You don't have to run around the building. He says confess out of your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ came and died and rose again, you shall be saved. That quick, a new nature is birthed in you. And he says, watch this. Once you now get that new nature in you, anything new has to be fed. Anything old, you need to starve it. Take this word and feed that new nature and starve that old nature until that new nature becomes the stronger nature and the dominant nature and decisions are made for that new nature. I want your Bible says that if you're not saved, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I come to you, a sinner. I ask today that you come into my heart, save me, Wash me, cleanse me. Today, I make you Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, clap those hands and give God praise. Now, I just want you to take about a minute, just lift those hands and just... As you worship him this one time, as Rob sings one more verse of this, God's going to begin to touch your minds. Some of you that are struggling in your minds, and you're struggling, and the enemy's messing with your minds and telling you all kind of crazy things, today God's going to touch your mind right where you are. Been feeding you crazy things, and today people are killing themselves because their minds are just out of whack. But I pray the peace of God is on your mind. I come against every spirit of oppression and depression and suicide. I come against in the name of Jesus and I speak life. I speak that you shall live. I come against the spirit of anxiety and fear and worry and in the name of Jesus I command your mind to be free in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom in your minds. Come on, somebody receive that. I speak freedom in your mind. I command the chains of the enemy to fall off of your mind. I thank you for freedom in our thought process. In the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. You're good, good Father. To you are, to you are, to you are, and I'm a buyer. To who I am, to who I am, to who I am. You're good, good Father. To you are.
Hallelujah. Aren't you grateful for God's ways of expression? See, sometimes we're so accustomed to abusive love. We're so accustomed to love in so many different ways, but what I love is how God will love us. He'll correct us. He'll give us the right information, then he'll love on us. He'll give us, give us all this love, all this love. I'm grateful today for God's love, and I'm grateful for the ways that he expresses his love towards us. Amen? How many of you know that he loves us? Sometimes when we're going the wrong direction, God won't allow us to keep going, but he'll send a message, he'll send a word to say, hey, maybe you shouldn't be going that way, or hey, here's a better way to do that. Because he loves us so much, and this is how he shows his love. And I'm so grateful. Come on, anybody grateful for his love? I am so grateful that God won't allow me to keep moving in the wrong direction. I'm so grateful that God will continuously say, hey, I have so much more for you. There's so much more to your life that you can't even see. There's so much more that I have for you. Amen? I'm so grateful for his love. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord today? Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for his love today. For the love of the Father, I'm so grateful. Hallelujah. You can have your seats as we close. Hallelujah. How many of you enjoyed the message today about the renewed mind? Listen, this was the second part, and we did the first part last week. So if you want to hear the first part, you can log on to the RCC Philly app, and you can listen to part one, and then part two will be up this week. But make sure that after we hear the messages, and this is why I love RCC, and this is why I love what we're doing here, is that we're not about just preaching a new message every week to get you excited, but we take our time. And we make the messages available so you can kind of go and listen to it and let it marinate. Because whenever you hear, it's easy for us to hear a good message and then we forget it. <laughs> you hear it and then it's like, oh, that was good. And then you walk out and it's like, all right, Monday is like, I don't even remember what we spoke about on, on Sunday. But we make it available for you so you can go and you can listen and you can marinate. Amen. How many of you listen to the messages on the app? I know I do because I'm like... A lot has happened by, by the time Wednesday gets here. It's like, oh, man, it's been a week. Let me go back and listen to what the word was on Monday, on Sunday, so I can just get a refreshing. Amen? So download the RCC Philly app so you can listen to the messages. At this time, we're going to take the offering. Um, so if you have a gift, um, and we have envelopes, if you'd like to share your gift in the envelope, please feel free um, to share a gift. We believe about, we believe in seed. And um, one testimony I can give is that um, understanding agriculture, whenever you plant a seed into the ground, a sower always puts seed into good ground. And when you put seed into good ground, you always get a harvest. So I make it my business, even according to the word, to plant seed wherever I see good ground, whether that good ground is a person, whether that good ground is a ministry, um, wherever you see that the ground is good, you want to plant seed in that ground. Why do you want to plant seed in that ground? Because if that ground is good, that ground is going to give you a good harvest. Amen? That ground is going to give you a good harvest. So um, plant a seed today in RCC. You can um, you can give uh, cash or you can log on to the Ruach City Church Philly app. You can give that way. Whenever the Lord lays it upon your heart, it is a blessing. Um, everything that you sow goes right back into the ministry. We all have full-time jobs, so we, we, we pay our own rent with our money that we make at work. 
but everything that you put into RCC goes right back into the ministry. These lights and you know everything that you see here, these these are all a product of what you've been planting into the ministry. So we just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for coming. Thank you for pressing your way. Thank you for being a blessing, not only to us as the pastors of this church, but thank you for being a blessing to those that are partaking um, as a part of RCC. Let me tell you one more thing. You don't even understand what you've been giving, how it's been a blessing to so many people because there are people who don't even live in Philadelphia who um, are a part of RCC Philly, people who listen to the message on the apps and people who want to be here but can't be here. So everything that you give is also helping us keep these apps going, keeping our website going. Even all the changes that we're making with the website to make it a little bit more accessible. Everything that you give is going into making these things work. And it is being a blessing to someone else's life. So put your hands together for yourselves because there are people around the world, there are people in Philadelphia who are able to partake in what God has called us to do here in this city because of what you're giving. So thank you so much for giving. Why everyone stand to your feet as we close out? Um, Father, we pray that you would bless this seed. We pray that you would bless this seed, Lord God. And we know according to your word that when we plant seed into good ground, you said some will receive 30, some will receive 60, and some will receive a hundredfold return. God, we thank you, Lord God, for blessing it. And we decree and declare a return on the seed that we plant into this ground. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the word. We thank you for what you have done for us today. We thank you, God, that we know you are concerned about our mental state and you are concerned about our mind and you are commissioning us to renew our mind by way of the word. So we just say thank you, Father. Thank you for this community that we call RCC Philly. Thank you for this body. Thank you for these people, these members, these individuals who you have called us to do life with, who you have called us to fellowship with, who you have called us, God, to do the work of the ministry in Philadelphia with. And we pray that you would bless each and every person. We pray that you would bless their families, bless their hands, bless the work of their hands. Anyone in here who is struggling with finding work, Father, we pray that you would open doors for them, God, that they might find employment opportunities, God. We pray that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and innovation, God, to even create jobs, Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Expand their jobs, Lord God. Give new opportunities, Lord God, to those that are looking for opportunities, those that are ready and prepared for opportunities, Father. We pray that you would just open windows. We decree and declare blessings over your people, over their families, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And we know that this four, this 2020 that we are about to enter in a few weeks, God, we know it is going to be the greatest year of our lives. So as you prepare us towards the end of the year, we know that it is in preparation for what's to come. So renewing our mind is in preparation for what's to come. For talking about your glory, it's preparing us for what's to come. For talking about the new series we're going to go into on destinations, it's all about what's to come and where we're going to arrive. So we thank you for having us in mind. We thank you for thinking about us. We thank you for loving us and for preparing us for what you have in store for us. As we leave this place, we pray that you would just give us traveling mercies, God. Let us have an amazing week. Let us, Lord God, tell someone about Jesus. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for this and all things. In the name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen. We love you. We love you. We will see you next week. 
make sure you tell someone about Jesus. And don't forget to download the RCC Philly app so you can listen to the message. Have an amazing week, and we will see you on Sunday.